Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Y'all are ruthless. Welcome into the Windy City Podcast. This is a Bulls pod with Joakim Noah being honored at the United Center tomorrow night, Thursday night, whenever you are listening to this pod Noah was one of my all-time favorites. Absolutely, positively loved the guy, heart and soul of the team. Welcome back, Joe Keem, and welcome back your guy, Derek Rose and Tom Thibodeau. Perfect night for the Bulls to do it, and just a great time right now for the Bulls being 4-0. and oh, Wow. Lonzo Ball, you are impressing. So are you, DeMar DeRozan. So are you, Alex Caruso, Brian Beto, and the coach. Coach A coming up here on the pod. But for that ruthless part, Matt Nagy tests positive for COVID. The Bears have their worst loss ever in Nagy's career, 38-3. to It was absolutely disgusting. Nobody gave the Bears a chance to win. Yours truly included. But they over-delivered on how pathetic they were. That was something. We'll see if they can bounce back with the 49ers this week. But a rare showing of complete ineptitude. And so Nagy tests positive on Monday. The Bears tweeted out, and I'm going through the comments. Test positive for unemployment next. Only positive thing he's done for the team. That game plan yesterday tested positive for COVID. Can he be out the rest of the season? This must be why the Bears couldn't smell the end zone yesterday. That is the first positive news out of the Bears locker room in weeks. Heal fast, coach, then find a new job. Tested negative for being a, quote, offensive guru. Permanent quarantine for him, please. Signed, Bears fans. Wow. Just absolutely killing Matt Nagy. I hope, I truly do hope that he does not read the comments. But I also wonder, hey, Bears management, hey, Virginia McCaskey, do you have Twitter I'm sure you know what Bears fans think of your head coach and your general manager, but here's a dude who tests positive for COVID and people don't give a rat's ass, just going to flat out attack the guy. And Matt's vaccinated. I'm sure he's going to be fine. He's asymptomatic, all of that. So I think we are allowed to have a little bit of fun around somebody testing positive for COVID. But good Lord, talk about a low approval rating. This guy is worse than Mayor Daly after he ripped up Meg's Field. This is uh, about as popular as tearing down Wrigley Field or moving out of Chicago Stadium or 
I don't know, staying in Soldier Field. I feel like a lot of people want the Bears to go to Arlington Heights. That's not the same thing. I actually hope the Bears stay in the city. Not going to happen. But, uh, hey, Matt Nagy, heal up, buddy. Get, get well and just get back out there and uh, let the chips fall where they may. I had one Bears uh, realization, too. The Bears play the Lions on Thanksgiving Day. If they lose to Detroit and Detroit is still winless at that point, that could be the point of no return for Matt Nagy. You, you, maybe you split the next couple of weeks. Maybe you beat the Niners this week. But you get to that Detroit game and you're under 500 and you lose to a winless Lions team, I don't think George McCaskey and company are going to be able to look past that. Detroit might get a win before then. They could win this week. But uh, they also could very well be undefeated on Thanksgiving, 11:30 kickoff. Something to put on your calendar. All right, Bulls, best record in basketball, undefeated. The Windy City Podcast starts right now. Showtime. DeRozan away from the screen. Spin cycle again. Again! The laundry's done. Spin cycle. Best team in the NBA, that would be the Chicago Bulls. It is not hyperbole. It is not anything other than it's just a statement of fact right now. 4-0. Nobody in the East is undefeated except for the Bulls and the two teams that are undefeated in the West. They have not played as many games as the Bulls. Best Best team in the NBA, Bulls. Beto, haven't seen you in forever, my friend. Coach A, good to see both of you. I've got stats for you nerds uh, to back up. Oh, the, I love a good stat. I'm a stat nerd. I am so excited. You are just turning me on right now. It's not even this suit that you're wearing, which is phenomenal, by the way, but the stats are really going to do it for me. Let, let me read you a stat. This is courtesy of our friends over at NBC Sports Chicago. 35.8% of the Bulls' non-garbage time shot attempts have come at the rim. That's eighth in the league. 35 and a half, down 0.3% have come from the mid-range. That is sixth in the league. And 287 have come from three-point range, which is 30th in the league. And everybody says you got to shoot the three to win basketball games, but the Bulls are not doing that. Beetle, you're you're nodding your head in approval, and Coach A, you look like a combination of Red Auerbach and uh, <laughs> PJ Carlissimo over there. Uh, <laughs> Carlissimo. Well, let be, me be the Latrell Sprewell here. And it just, is only just, four just games. It is yeah. only four games. But I, was, you, I was nodding about. I've heard this stat. I guess is to your point. I don't know if I agree with it or say it's the best way to do it, but I've heard this stat. Do you buy that they that this is a sustainable current NBA formula, or do you have to shoot more threes? It's going to come back to bite you. Because I like my my point. What I like about it is I like a team that plays basketball and just doesn't go for the th- you know doesn't just run down and gun threes all the time. And the Bulls aren't doing that. It's kind of like a little bit of old school hoop that we're seeing right now, and I love it. I think it's a balance, right? I think you're you're right on both arts. I think they probably need to increase the volume of of threes, but. They're not going to be the highest three-point shooting team in the league based on the personnel. So, like when you have a Demar Derozan, you're going to be below league average because of that reason. Um, shots at the rim is great. I mean, Coach, I know you could probably speak to more more of this, but I think I as long as they're shooting the mid-range efficiently, which is hard to do, but if they're hitting them at a decent percentage, then yeah, you can win like that. In the regular season, I think, and I talked about this last year, it's more important to shoot more threes, but. In the playoffs, I think that stuff's going to really matter because I think teams are so good at defending the rim and defending the perimeter that 
you can really beat a team shooting, you know, at that mid-level, which I think is, is kind of a lost art to sound like, sound like the old man, but I don't know. I, I think they can shoot more threes, but at the same time, it's, it's working right now. I know it's a bad schedule, but it's working. They are going to have to increase shooting three-point shots. I, as Vito said, they're going to probably be somewhere from 20 to, you know, 30. They're going to be that way in the league uh, because you look at a lot of their best players, DeRozan's not going to shoot a lot of threes. Um, Caruso finishes the game, doesn't shoot a lot of threes, but he will shoot some. Williams is going to shoot some, but not a lot of threes. I mean, they don't have volume three-point shooters. Uh, Ball is going to obviously shoot a lot, and, and Levine is. And at some point, Vucevic will shoot more threes as well. I think the Bulls have found a nice rhythm early with Levine and Vucevic in that pick-and-roll combination. They've got a lot of points out of that. But it's really been more two-point shots because they play up so high on Levine. They play up so high on Levine, they take away the three-point shot for him that it's more of a 15-18 foot shot for Vooch right now. And I think that'll change as the season goes on a little bit. Certainly Kobe White, I'm not sure when he comes back, but he'll increase their three-point volume. And, yeah, there's some weaknesses within the team that will get exposed at times that they're going to have to, you know, they're going to have to improve on. Kobe scored. Sorry, Coach. Kobe scoring off the bench in in the second unit is obviously going to be a big help, uh, assuming he can come back and be healthy. By the way, I'm officially mad at myself that I started with a nerd stat and just didn't start with an overall celebration that we're actually watching a Bulls basketball <laughs> team that is enjoyable. Uh, I we I think we all said last year that I know I did that I was completely in on having Lonzo Ball on this team because he's a unicorn, 6'6", guards from the point guard spot. He's been super active in the passing lanes. This is what he does. Plus, he's an underrated shooter. He's actually shooting, uh, you know, well over 40% from three. And, and he's a he's a traditional point guard. I, I don't know if like if that's the biggest reason why they're better. Maybe you can point to DeRozan or Zach's uh, offseason and and the, the the uptick that he's taken in his game. But I think if I had to say reason one that they look different to me, it actually is Lonzo right now. Where, where do you guys go? I'd love to roll the tape back here. I'd love to because I've been a Lonzo guy. I'm wrong a lot. I love the Dougie McDermott trade or pick when it happened. <laughs> Gary Harris and, and Jurkic. Yeah, that wasn't good. Uh, but I feel I loved Lonzo. I thought he was the absolute perfect fit for this team. And I was watching a post game last night with, with Goff and Kendall. And they were like, without Lonzo, they might be, well, this might be hyperbole, but one in three, but they might've lost a game or two down the stretch that they typically wouldn't have. I think he's already worth what the, the money that they paid him was 20 mil AAV. He's only going to get better. He's going to make that contract look like a joke if he continues on this trajectory. Like, I knew he was good defensively. But my gosh, that hands. He's like the Gary Sheffield of the NBA with how quick his hands are defensively and getting his hands in the passing lane, deflections, shots at the rim, running the offense, shooting the ball well. Dude's done everything. Well, here's where I agree with you guys and I disagree with you guys. So, for sure, 100%, we were all in agreement that Lonzo was a great pairing for this team. But I believe that the reason that they're 4-0 is the collective of DeRozan, Caruso, and Ball. That there is a there is a correlation to them as a collective on the perimeter defensively, having the kind of size that you have, the ability to switch. And Lonzo deserves a, a tremendous amount of credit. But I think we also saw 
in the last game where Lonzo, Lonzo is perfectly suited for this team because he's the fourth best player. He's the fourth best player. Now that, that doesn't mean it doesn't devalue his importance to the team. Just like Draymond Green being the fourth best player on the Warriors does not demean the value he brings to the team. But I have said this about Lonzo from the beginning when he came into the NBA. He is suited for this role because at the end of the game, as you saw, you can't put the ball in his hands and ask him to be your guy down the stretch and help you win. He just is unable to do those things. You needed DeRozan to do that last night. And even Levine, while Levine, as we know, is a, a terrific player and has moments right now where he's playing at an absurd level. We saw when the game got really tough, when Fred Van Vliet went junkyard dog, Zach kind of wilted a little bit. Now that doesn't mean he will. He didn't wilt completely, but he wilted a little bit. And who was the toughest guy on the court? DeRozan. And DeRozan, DeRozan brings that for them. You saw he took uh, Billy Donovan took uh, Caruso out of the game for about 30 seconds. Went with the starting five at the beginning of the fourth quarter. He went with their starting five with Patrick Williams. Within 30 seconds, Patrick Williams off the floor, and there was Alex Caruso because defensively, what Alex brings to the team is huge. But it also, as you see offensively, there can be some limitations at the end of the game on the shooting if Vucevic is not playing well. Like Vucevic needs to play well at the end of the games because, or they got to find another guy that can shoot because they will become a team that the shooting could be an issue at the end of games. I'll give you another stat coach. Cause you, I mean, Caruso, Caruso and more Caruso. And it's interesting that already Billy Donovan is using Caruso down the stretch ahead of Patrick Williams, which we can debate down the line if that's going to have a negative impact on the trajectory of Patrick Williams. But Lonzo is averaging two steals and 1.8 blocks per game. All right. Caruso leads the NBA. I get it. It's four games, but let's just celebrate Caruso right now. He leads the NBA in deflections, 4.8. He's second in steals, 3.3. Meanwhile, he's playing just 27 and a half minutes. Hashtag Caruso. Caruso all day. Caruso for life. Caruso is the greatest role player in the history of the Chicago Bulls, with the exception of I don't even know who. No Tioni, right? Your your guy. Oh my gosh, Noach, (laughs) number five. That's our guy. It is. It is. Like who is? That's an interesting. Like who is Caruso in Bulls time? Noach is not bad. My my where I Noach is better. I want to get back to that. Where my head was is I look at the Chicago sports spectrum. Is he the number one rated Caruso of all time? Wasn't there Mike Caruso on the White Sox? Is he already surpassed? A Mike oh, Caruso. Mike Caruso stunk and he was a complete clown. <laughs> yes, he's, he's ahead of Mike Caruso. So number one all time, but I don't know where he fits. I think the way I think about Caruso is, and maybe I'm, this is probably unfair to Kirk because he had some really good years and he's here for a long time, but I feel like Caruso is everything that people thought, or Caruso is everything people thought Kirk Heinrich was. Like this great defender. Heinrich was fine, solid this great decision maker, which I think Heinrich questioned at the time, a better three point shooter than Heinrich was. I know it's somewhat of a different era, but I think that's what stands out to me. He's a better version of what Kirk Heinrich is. Well, I mean, Kirk can handle the ball better, more of a true point guard, right? Fair, but was he like, I, I would, I kind of took exception to that times. I don't think like at, later in his career, they used Heinrich a lot off the ball, but I agree. He was definitely more of a better ball. Handler than, than Heinrich, but that's what stands out to me. 
I think something's going on with the beat on mic, but maybe I'm not wrong. We're getting occasional. Uh, but oh, that's that, my bad. Maybe my takes were so hot that it just, uh, it, it, it's, it's, buzzing. it's, 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 buzzing. it's, it's, like it's what it's, it's moving around, but we're just going to, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to use that as like a, uh, a, a signification of Bulls domination, which, by the way, uh, Derrick Rose is coming back in. It's Joakim Noah night on Thursday. I was supposed to go to this game. I have family duties, which is taking me oh. away from it. It's just absolutely killing me. This is the first time I was watching because I was gonna I was gonna go uh, with a friend, then I was gonna go with credentialed, and I had it all going on. But I was watching the the market for this game. And uh, this is the first time in I don't know how long that prices have actually gone up leading into game time. They are buying up Bulls tickets for the first time since, I don't know, 2015. Uh, it, it is, it's interesting that uh, there, the, there is an excitement going on right now. And I'm seeing all these people who are tweeting about the Bulls, who normally tweet about the White Sox, the Bears, or whoever. So it's 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 only four games, and maybe it's just kind of a cool little uh, thing right now, but there there actually is a little legitimate uh, Bulls are back glow going on right now, which let, let me just throw that question out there. Are the Bulls back? Are we willing, are we, in, in a real way here, are we willing to say that, Beto, you just looked sideways? I'm not sure there. I mean, Co- you, our first pod, Beto, you missed it. Coach has got them for 51 wins. I took the under on that one. But, I mean, maybe. You're getting good Vegas value if you take the under 51 because the over-under was 41, right? <laughs> so you're getting oh, good value under 51. But it's not out of the question. I, I, the Bulls, are they back? No, I got to look at it past sense. The Bulls are still back. They're still back. That's the way I looked at it after last night. They were back after game one. I think this game <laughs> with the Knicks, is there been a Bulls-Knicks at the United Center? When's the last time it was this exciting? The 96 playoffs when these two teams faced off and the Bulls were way better than the Knicks. Most, they're 93, I think, of Bulls playoffs. I understand it's not nearly that significant. Eastern Conference Finals, 93. But how much better is the NBA if both the Bulls and the Knicks are good? That's what gets me excited. You have Noah coming back, New York guy that has a career with the Bulls. Derek's coming back. I'm going to be in Palm Springs for a wedding. I'm sure Palm Springs is going to be all buzzing with Bulls excitement, like my microphone as well. I can't wait. It's the most excited I think I've been for a regular season game in six years. I can't believe we just went back into Bulls Knicks rivalry on game five, 2021, 22 season. <laughs> I'm all in. They're back. I told you they're back. Coach. Well, I, yeah, go there's ahead. excitement. Obviously there's excitement right now because they're four and oh. So that that's what brings the value to this Bulls Knicks game is the Bulls haven't lost yet. And obviously the Knicks are off to a pretty good start as well. And all the D Rose is, is playing right now. So there's a, there's kind of a built-up excitement that's not really real. I mean, let's be honest. Regardless of how the Bulls play in this game, win or lose, it's not going to be that big of a deal. And that's the only reason why I say it's not. It, it's a big game from a standpoint of everyone's excited for it, but it's not a big game yet. Right. You know, doesn't maybe matter. later in the season, it'll be considered a big game, um, I guess is the way I'd put it. But, look, I think the Bulls are I, – I said – the. The thing that I like the most about this Bulls team and the roster construction and having watched a little bit in the preseason, this is a hungry group. This is every year there's a team that's just hungry. Like last year, that was the Knicks, right? And 
Um, this year, it's going to be the Bulls. The Bulls are going to be a hungry team. I think the other team that's a little hungry is Charlotte. I think Charlotte's got some hungry players. And in regular season basketball, where there's the ups and downs of playing hard and things like that, that makes a big difference in a regular season. The question for this team is how do they build through the season? Who truly is a keeper for this team down the road? Like their bench right now, Javante Green, Elise Johnson, whatever. Like I don't know where those guys fit into playoff basketball. Let's let's be honest about last night when we talk about the weaknesses. They got out rebounded by like 20 to 22 rebounds. I mean, they're they're tiny. And when Vucevic kind of gets in those bad defensive moments and isn't killing offensively and they don't have him playing, they're really tiny. And so, and, and what I mean by tiny, tiny on the boards, you know, obviously they're a big team on the perimeter defending players, but they're a tiny team on the boards. And so there's, there's good, you know, they're going to have bad moments. This is it. While I say 51 wins, I don't, I'm not like, Oh, wow. They're not going to have some games where you're really questioning how good they are. Did you guys know that, Lonzo is this good of a shooter. Like it just, it, this looks comfortable coming out of his hands. Like I, I almost feel like well, at least when I started watching him when at the beginning of his career, I'm like that thing's never going in. And now I'm like bottom of the net. Good. Like it just, fe- I, I don't know. He's, I, I'd have to look at his stats. I can do that right now as we're talking, but it, it just feels like he is so comfortable shooting the three, which he's hitting at 43.3% right now. I don't know, coach, to your point, they may never lose a game if he continues to shoot the three like this. Well, Zach Levine said it in preseason, said, look, the guy shot about 40% last year. So he said he can shoot. I mean, the bottom, he, he proved last year that he can hit shots. That's how he played. The frustrating thing for Lonzo playing last year is they made, Zion Williamson, the whole offense, Zion Williamson, and stood everybody around him. And Lonzo is, this is so great for Lonzo because what does he want to do? He wants to throw the ball up the court to playmakers. That's what he wants to do. He wants he wants to be in the West Coast offense for football. He wants to throw the ball Jerry Rice and Jerry running 50 yards. This is what Lonzo, how he wants to play. He, he was a 30% shooter his first year with the Lakers, basically 1.7 1. or 5.7. It's a two out of six. Then he was, then he went up to 33, then 37, uh, his, his last couple of seasons. And now he's hitting at 43. So to my point, damn it, he has, uh, significantly gotten better shooting that three. His form has changed too. So, I mean, coach, I don't know if this speaks to the, the coach ability, but I mean, for the guy to shoot a certain way for his first like 21 or 22 years, and then to change because it wasn't going well, I think that's a, it's a good sign as well. And it's, certainly paid off to your point. He, it looked like Joakim Noah asked coming out of his hands his rookie sophomore year or second year, I guess you could say, but it, it's changed and it looks a lot more pure. Lazo suffered from the bad evaluating. He, he did. He suffered from the bad evaluating. He played one year of college basketball. His, his father created a tremendous amount of hype around him. He was on a good team where he is a great playmaker. And we there's very few players like Lonzo in the game today. Right. Most of the point guards, they are not like him. So he he brought a little old school back. Then you get Magic Johnson drafting him number two. And I've I've said from the start when I've ever had conversations with people, he was misevaluated. He is. I, I said I, I've always compared him to Draymond Green since he was a rookie. I compared him to Draymond Green. He's not the same player as Draymond. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he's Draymond as a player, but his function within a team is like Draymond's. 
that is what his best function within a team is. And he's now with this Bulls team with DeRozan, Vooch, and Levine really able to play that role. Look at the way Coach A functions in a podcast. Just, just, <laughs> just, just dropping freaking knowledge. I told you guys, he's Draymond Damn Green. It, it's not the same thing, but it's it's one of the greatest calls in podcast history that Coach A went Draymond Green on Lonzo. I, I mean, Vito, right? This dude's on point right now. I, 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 Coach A's killing it. I absolutely love it. I absolutely love it. And because, I mean, he had a lot of what? Jason Kidd comps, and it was solely because he was a yeah. point guard that sh- couldn't shoot out of the draft. So and he's not necessarily that, but I like the the comparison of he functions well when there's better players than him on a team. But he had that to your coach's point in LA with LeBron in that second year, and maybe with, with Zion if you want to call it that. But he stood around the perimeter. He was off the ball. He was not driving the offense. They gave him the keys to the car with this team, and it's it's working out. Our comparisons that they come out on a global perspective are so lazy, but the, oh, he's, he's Jason Kidd. They're both light skinned black guys who are really fast and are point guards. I mean, it's same it, year. They were like bulls drafted market. And everyone's like, he's baby Dirk. I'm like, why? Cause he's tall, white and can shoot. Like what right. is, how is that a comparison? Right. But, and, but in this, in this actual case to Jay Kidd, they're like, I can, I get it. Like they're both fast and they both, <laughs> and they both can't shoot and they both actually got to be better shooters and they are both like skinned. So like it sort of fits, which but like, uh, you know, my, the white guy comparison, like he's Kevin McHale. No, 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 no. No one's ever had moves like Kevin McHale, literally no one. Uh, right. So like that one's always bothered me. But okay, uh, back. I back. compared him to Gary Sheffield. I don't know if that's as quite as good as Draymond Green, but I kind of like that pull, Lonzo, uh, with the quick hands. I uh, that's the, I, okay. I get it. I get it. I, I like a cross sport comparison. Hey, hey, coach, uh, you're you were worried in in podcast one that uh, Demar had lost the burst and couldn't get to the rim. Four games in, where are where are you on that take? Oh, not not that he couldn't get to the rim. That his finishing would be the finishing would, would drop a little bit. And so you saw like he had that sneaky step through dunk on somebody play. That was crazy. You know, my son, me and my son both were like, Oh my God. Um, but he still missed it. And so that's why I say, you know, he's at that stage of his career where a little less athleticism than where you were can be a big effect. The, the, the thing that he pays immediate incredible dividends the guy's a winner. He's the only player, besides Caruso, obviously, too, that has truly been on consistently winning teams. Now, the Spurs didn't win big the last two years, but they consistently played better than people even thought they would play. And when he's in Toronto, he went through four or five years where they were really good. And he's the one guy at the end of the game you could see last night. I'm used to winning these games. Like, give me the ball. I'll, I'll, I'll handle this. And that's something that the rest of the team has struggled with. Are, are you encouraged along those lines that it's small sample, but with the new way it's being officiated, that he hasn't seen a decrease in his ability to get to the line? Like someone like James Harden who seemed dramatic decrease early on or some of these other guys because they're not falling for people flopping. But DeMar has it. He's still getting to the free throw line, which I, well, you called out in the summer. It was like, that's why they got him, right? Outside yeah. of being uh, that being able to close down the stretch, but the Bulls the, couldn't get to the line last year. Now they can't. Right. The good part is Jamar obviously keeps himself in great shape. You know, James Harden right now, I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> like what James Harden, what James Harden is doing after 11 o'clock at night, uh, you know, 
who knows? But tomorrow you could tell is really serious about basketball. James Harden, I'll say it was uh, my, 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 when I covered him or I wouldn't say covered him, but when I was in Houston and would go to Rockets games and talk to personnel there, he was renowned for uh, the, the adult entertainment establishment after games and spending the exact amount of money every night, which was, uh, this is all, I suppose, I don't know, I don't want to slander the guy, so this is alleged or whatever, but supposedly the dude was dropping 8K a night at the strippy. That was his game. <laughs> just, you know, just go out, 8K, no biggie, score 40, James Harden. Hey, man, that dude, I, I don't know the like, shade his work ethic because – He's on that court working. You don't get to that level of skill, putting the ball between your legs and step back and all that stuff without like nonstop, you know, grinding at it. And then but, so he had, but you can get away, Mark. You can get away though with eating crazy late night, all that stuff when you're younger, right? He's now over thirty years old. Like that metabolism, metabolism, all that stuff. I mean, he just looks a little heavy. He and does. He it's does. not as easy to. It's you know. Heck, I, I was like 150 pounds when I was in my young 30s, and then I'm like, you know, hit 190 almost. So at some point, like, it's hard to. You're to speaking. You're speaking my language. I'm like, okay. listen, I starve myself half the damn day, and I and I eat hummus and and soup, and then I and I I throw one pancake in this thing, and, and look at this face. It's, it's no. like it's Adam Sandler and Big Daddy. I always think about this line where he talks to the kid. He's like, enjoy the metabolism. He's like. I can eat whatever I want, but now I have uh, I have one uh, milkshake and my ass jiggles for like a week. That's how I feel like here in the, the Western Burbs, especially with the, the wife bringing home the Reese's and the Sour Patch Kids. Yeah, we're getting Halloween. Halloween. Ain't yeah. gonna get better. Not right, right now. So I now I, I now appreciate James Harden more than I did five minutes ago. So speaking of that, I got that's to, a win in the title. <laughs> I uh, yeah, no, they look terrible. I. The, yeah. the, the Brooklyn net. Um, yeah. Anyway, I traveled with uh, Northwestern for their football game to Michigan. Jim Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh sucks. I want to get that on the record. Uh, goes, <laughs> go, goes for two up 33 to seven. You're a clown. Um, just, a, just an enormous freaking clown. But you know, when you're a college kid, you get to the, you know, they got the Gatorades on there. They got the gummy bears. They got the licorice. They got all this stuff in the, in the, you know, on the, in the bag that you sit down and I'm like, this is, and then they're handing out sandwiches and I, it, it's like a week. I can't get, I can't get rid of Forget it. About it. It's yeah. all, it's, it's all over. And like, you can't get, and I should have just left, leave it on the plane. Don't bring it with you to the hotel. You're going to eat it. You're going to be sitting there by yourself. And I, and I, and I crushed all of it and I feel terrible to this, <laughs> to this moment. Oh. All right. Yeah. Not good. All right. So, Hey, we're four and O team. Um, we've talked tomorrow. We've talked Lonzo. Zach will will continue to uh, give love to. Obviously, uh, is there any anything that we left off, Coach? I got one more stat for you, uh, Beto. You'll enjoy it too. Through four games, Bulls six in the NBA in defensive rating, ninety-seven seven. First in deflections, fourth in steals, sixth in blocks, which is kind of amazing. Fourth in opponent turnovers. And third in points off turnovers. This is the formula, right? I mean, this is what they're trying to do. They don't Holy have a different team. Wholly yeah. different looking team defensively than last year, where I think all of us were were struggling to watch Wendell Carter give up wide open threes all day. You know, now everything is contested out there with the way they play. And it's just it's a totally different team. So I, I can't wait to see what they could add. That's the biggest thing. What could they add to this group? Because this group 
has a chance to be there in the end. You know, and I'm not talking about winning championships at this stage of the game, but just they have a chance to really be there when you get into April, say, hey, the Bulls are a team and what do they need to, to, to add to it? Yeah, I love that. I, I think about defensively, I'm going to put my, my coach hat on here. Let me know how I do coach. Like the, the multiple effort defensive plays of what stood out to me. There's been multiple highlights this year of it's not just one blocks, it's two blocks. It's help side coming over. And even though they're, everyone's crushing them and rightfully so maybe for lack of rim protection down low and um, depth in the, the front court, well, you have guys like Lonzo mixing it up in the paint defensively and blocking shots and Patrick Williams versatility and, and some of these other guys going to Caruso can play. It feels like almost five guys defensively. I think that's what I've noticed the most is the cohesion defensively because we knew they'd be able to score. Right. But they, everyone, all these experts and outsiders are saying, you're not gonna be able to stop anyone. And maybe they won't once they play better, more talented teams. That's what stood out to me. I mean, they just don't quit. They're, they're relentless defensively with some of these guys that have added. They made everyone else better defensively. Billy Donovan. Are you all right? Are you okay? The coach I, I liked it. I, I thought it was – I thought it, the, the multiple effort part really stood out Multiple to me. effort. I thought I, I had to get that in there. Sorry, coach, coach, you didn't you, you didn't say a word. You, I don't think you were that impressed with that Ooh. analysis. I was extremely impressed with Beto's multiple effort and everything he laid on the table defensively. I, I just remembered one thing. Last year, Billy Donovan always talked about the players not fighting to get over screens. He talked about that with Kobe White and Zach and those guys all the time. And Caruso and Alonzo Ball, they have changed that mentality for sure. All right, last question here, because you're you're talking about who they're going to add. They subtracted a Daniel Gafford. Are they going to regret that? Because that dude... Maybe he didn't fit in exactly how they wanted to play, but I always liked his bounce. I like dudes who can dunk. They need something. They need some rim protection, rebounding presence that they don't have right now. So we'll, do you guys look at – and I'm, I'm looking at you guys. Yes. You do yes, think- I do. I do. I do think, yes. I think there is some regret there. The, the question is, you know, they obviously just paid him a lot of money, so I don't think the Bulls were going to be to pay him that kind of money. But – um we brought this up on pod, pod one, didn't we? I think we did. You brought well, yeah, it up. They could use him. They could use him right now for sure. Although yeah. Troy Brown has played well, but I mean, he's replaceable, right? Daniel Gafford, uh, hopefully they can replace him. Yeah, I think, especially in the playoffs, rim protection in the front court's huge to someone like Gafford. And maybe this isn't fair to Daniel Gafford. I, I don't know the guy, but I think one of the things that you struggled with last time with like was some of the defensive IQ. And the IQ as a whole wasn't there and making the right play. And this year, that's like light years different. It's so noticeably different how much smarter they are on the floor. So I don't know if someone in the negative area in that that aspect would, would help. But I think the front court depth, like that rim protection would be massive because they signed Tony Bradley for that, but he's probably not even going to see the court, right? With all the options they have. When do we get Tice back? Do we get Tice back? <laughs> that guy would be a fantastic ad. You know? I- I like Stice. I not like not realistic, right? With the money if he the, made. If the Lakers yeah. are if the Lakers are terrible, right? If the Lakers did the Lakers beat the Grizzlies the other night? They, they did. did. Okay, so if the Lakers end up being terrible, will DeAndre Jordan be gone and the Bulls can pick up DeAndre Jordan? Do we want then? DeAndre Jordan? Is he still a rim for, protector? For, he keeps uh, bouncing around the contenders for sixteen for sixteen to eighteen minutes of you know 
that that actually brings me to somewhere that I didn't think we were going to get to today. But since you brought up the Lakers <laughs> and DeAndre Jordan, I'm going to segue over to Dwight Howard. Oh uh, my! Who did not make the top 75 list, and, and my guy Nick Wright is making a passion plea that it's like the most egregious. Uh, uh, That's your guy. Is Nick Wright your guy? Oh, they, they work together. For yes, us. we're good. We're good friends, Coach. Don't don't you dare say anything bad. This about is you. this is like how we felt when you told us about your relationship <laughs> nah, with John you, Starks. Yeah, Same you, exact you, 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 you you can call Nick an idiot. And I, will, I won't disagree, especially with his LeBron takes. But I love Nick, uh, and he's very <laughs> he's very good at his job. But uh, I would rather have instead of Dwight Howard, who was not on the top seventy five list, I'd rather have Dikembe. I would rather have the A train wasn't on the top 75 list. Artis Gilmore was a freaking stud back in the day. Dwight Howard, okay, physically, he, he he's definitely in the top 75, but what did he ever do? Not to the finals. Dikembe didn't. Well, yeah, once. And, he's and the, the best player. What what did Dikembe do outside of wave his finger? Dikembe is a four time rebounding champ, he's a, def- a four time okay. defensive player of the year. And like, I love Dikembe. I would, like, just a, you. I'll take Dikembe as my center all day long. Rebound, block, defense, solid individual, like NBA man of the year over Dwight Howard, who like farted in the locker room and Kobe wanted to kill him. Like, Dwight Howard is like a, a loser for, you know, on that level. I mean, he's not a loser compared to me. But I don't he, think loser was one of the criteria, though, in the, t- in the top No, but he was just a putz. He's like a putz. He was just an idiot. Also an not idiot. a criteria in the top just, 75. Just, just, an, just an idiot. Like, no. Give me, give me, give me. There's a lot of big men I would take over Dwight that weren't on the top seven. I would take Clay Thompson over Dwight anyway. So. Yeah, really? Clay Thompson. Oh my God. Okay. And, and I would take Alex English over him too. Fair Alex English. I, I, I agree on the A train with Gilmore. I think he's underrated. I didn't get to really see him play. But who is it outside of Shaq? Who's been a more dominant big man in the 21st century than Dwight Howard? Are, are we are we including Shaq's? Are we including the Ewing I Robinson? Said Shaq. I mean, uh, are we including in the, the 21st century? No, no. Uh, Ewing Robinson were 90s. Okay, so if we're taking out the 90s centers, which was a hell of an era, I don't know, coach. Back me up here. Find someone. I don't care that there's nobody else. Second Quite best a, center in the 21st century. But we're talking about top years. I don't give. I don't. You care. gave Dikembe, who was the fifth best like center in the the 90s. I, I and I don't it, like Dwight Howard. Don't get me wrong. He's a pud to your point, but to, I don't top, know. I think he's got to take top 75 of all time. He ain't in it. No Actually, way. For, forget me. I, I'm agreeing with Nick Wright. Just just shun me. I'm done. So here, here, here's where, here's where here, I understand. I understand where Nick is coming from on this as much as I'm not a big fan of Nick, but I understand where he's coming from on this one in the sense of if you have a top 75 list, anybody who's on that list should have been at one point, a top five to 10 player in the NBA. And Dwight clearly was, you can question if Alex English was ever a top five to 10 or uh, Clay Thompson ever was. Dikembe. Dikembe Mutombo, obviously, if he w- he was never a top five to ten. But I think one thing that gets you taken off the list is if you were a team killer. And he has been a team killer. He has been a guy that has hurt teams. He has been a guy that has frustrated teams. He is a guy that people have not wanted to play with. And for that, how are you a top 75 player if you're not even a good teammate? Like, if you're not even a guy that people want to play with, play with if you always hurt, if you hurt teams so much so for me get them out of there i agree i think the nba needs to develop a spine and actually rank the top 75 so we can really get crazy uh, and, in this. 
in the top five to 10 at one point, like, yeah, okay. He was rated that, but he wasn't like, I just like, he just was Oh nine. You don't think he was a he top did, he five did have, player. He did Mark have a two league. or three year run where I, I, he was a top 10 player. Yeah. Listen, listen, sure. li- listen, I, 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 I'm going to acknowledge that my take is, 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 <laughs> is, is as hot is, as my microphone is, is, is my take. And, and it's not like factually correct. How's that? I'll say, I'll, I'll say it like that. I get it, but I'm just, I'm going to double and triple that. I never liked the guy. What the hell does oh, he same. do? Like, like just, okay. Yeah. Great. You're physically more imposing and you're, you're a tremendous athlete getting off the ground to my point. Like, you know, I, I like guys who can dunk the basketball, a la Daniel Gafford. But Dwight Howard, did I did I ever want to throw the ball into him and say, "Get me a bucket"? Never. And and that matters. I'm sorry when you're at that. He, he he used to give Joe thirty to forty points a game when he was really rolling back in his day. I I'm, I might have to go. I have to might have to go back and watch it. By the way, okay, let's let's end on a positive. Joe Kim Noah. Yes. I, I wish I could Love be him. there. I I hope top to, top yes. seventy five him right there. Come I on. Mean, I, I I'd rather have Noah than Dwight Howard. No question. I don't even think that. I like, I, and, and by the way, Joe was a top five player one year. So I, I can like have an argument there. I, I would rather have Noah on my team, not even close. Um, and I, I'm sure I'm biased there enormously. But I think if you got to see Joakim Noah play every day, you know the impact that he would have. Joakim Noah is an all-time bull. He is, he, is the, he is the absolute epitome of what the organization is or show, a bull should be. Norm Van Leer, Joe, just tough, gritty Give me, give me Jerry Sloan. Give me Mike in the elite form of that. Give me, give me, Garrett all, Temple. give me Garrett, Garrett Temple. Obviously, Garrett, Garrett Temple. Garrett Temple can be in the top in the top thirty of all time Bulls as far as pure grit. <laughs> Terrible topic. I'm no. Curious, though, go ahead. With a minute left, Artis Gilmore or Joakim Noah, who had a better Bulls career? Ridiculous Joakim. argument because they were both great, but I think it's a fair argument. I mean, Gilmore's right? a better player. I'd say Noah had a better career. How's that? Yeah, I agree. Uh, I'm with you, Mark, on that. And Thursday night, you got it. It is pretty special. Thibodeau, D Rose, Joakim Noah in there, and this current Bulls team. Taj, pretty, pretty, pretty cool deal. <laughs> Taj, and Taj, and Taj, Taj, absolutely. That team was special. You know, unfortunately, you know, Derek got injured. But that team fought. They gave you everything they had. They, you know, they fought through a lot of adversity and to continue to make the playoffs with Derek being out and Joe Keem growing. And one year he finished fourth or third in MVP voting, Defensive Player of the Year. This program was recorded on tape for a live audience. I loved them. I fought with them. I loved them. I fought with them. You know, he's a dear friend now. And that's maybe the best part of coaching is is the afterlife when, you know, there's an appreciation for each other. It's just a great group of guys. And that team resonated with the city. And Joe was the heart and soul of that team. Vucevic posting against Barnes. Three to shoot. Out to Levine. Deep three. Big one. Got it! Clear out. Just let him go. One of the best isolation players in the game. Over Trey. Yes, sir! Compton's in the house.
loved him. I fought with him. I loved him. I fought with him. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park 